0: Welcome to Stories from 400 Feet, the podcast that gives you the inside story on what is happening in the drone industry, from the everyday to the not-so-everyday events that define this industry and push it forward. If a drone flies, we'll be there.
1: Jacob Taylor, I'm a band member of Curve Lake First Nation, and I'm the CEO of Indigenous Aerospace. Kimball McComb,
2: drone advisor for Moose Creek First Nation in Northern Ontario.
3: Sego, Joanne Tabobandung, Dean of Aviation for FNTI. I'm from Tyndonaga, Ontario.
4: Kim McLean of the Silk Nation. I work with Stinson Aerial Services as a Systems Operations Coordinator.
5: Koa, Darien Edwards, the Squalif First Nation in Pavilion. I'm with the Canadian Events Air Mobility as the Indigenous Air Mobility Specialist.
0: I feel really privileged and honored to be able to speak with everyone here today. You had a panel recently. Can you talk a little bit about some of the messaging you'd like to provide to the RPAS community about Indigenous aerial innovation, really?
5: Yeah, of course. Thank you. So, really, the innovation and we're finding applications and uses for this technology that are identified every day. I mean, like from not only within aerospace, but natural resources, cultural competency, looking at how. Indigenous people can preserve their culture through the use of new technology.
4: And just to expand on that, with each territory comes their own specific cultures and teachings. So being able to use our drones in such a versatile way to be able to empower these communities, to be able to take the lead on managing their own territories.
3: Absolutely. And just to echo that, it's important that... Although these drones fly autonomously in most cases, we have to protect our own autonomy in our communities. So to build capacity from within, and then that way we can manage our own data in our in our own areas, in our own communities.
2: I agree with Joanne. We need to get a good foot in the door with the drone business. Empower our people, train our people, and utilize this great technology for All aspects of drone technology for our communities with training, employment and training opportunities, training of youth, just historical data collection as well and safety aspects of it as well for communities such as spring breakup, ice flooding situations and give us a head start on things.
1: Really good answers by my colleagues. And so I guess what I'm thinking with what everyone said is that I see the drone industry as something that can support our own self-determination, whether it's documenting culture, documenting environment, or getting supplies to us quicker, but they can also support us with self-determination and autonomy, as Joanne said. And with that is there have been formal negotiations historically on a nation-to-nation basis between indigenous groups and settler groups in North America And we know those documents as treaties, and the treaties were specifically based about the land. At the time treaties were written, there was no aviation and manned flight. And so it was not something negotiated. Therefore, it is something that we still have a significant ownership and stake and position in. And the traditional occupied or manned aviation overlooked us in its development uh, within the country and the landscape of North America. But as remote piloted aircraft systems are nascent and new, there's an opportunity to do things different. And as we're doing things different, we can acknowledge indigenous sovereignty and indigenous rights and title to things. And so, how can the drone industry, as it emerges, bring indigenous sovereignty to the forefront, particularly with air rights? It's really
0: inspiring to hear how much drones and innovation can actually impact people. It's something that I don't think we take fully in until we hear how this impacts a community. Can you talk a little bit about how that actually is enabled?
5: So even looking at applications that are happening in BC where Trees are being replanted using the use of drone technology where climate adaptation and climate emergency tracking is being used by community in in order to reclaim our sovereignty over our land and over our people where it's where we're still getting to a point of being completely autonomous.
4: Great. I would also add that working specifically with logging and forestry. Shout out to Lower Nicola Indian Band, who, has, who is currently harvesting wood on their own land and looking at absolutely using every, every sliver of that wood to its fullest potential. So being able to take a drone out there, not wasting those man hours, making that safer for those communities, and also showing a real benefit as to what resources we can identify and
3: work with? These are really good answers. And as you can tell, we're all from different First Nations across Canada. So we all require or are looking at different applications. You know, there's forestry, there's flooding, there's ice breakup, there's land management, there's sovereignty issues, especially in our area, in the Mohawk area or the land of the Haudenosaunee. I think empowering our own people is the most important since this is new technology. I come from an aviation background, fixed wing airplane. Back then, you know, when we first started, it was technology's not for Indians. You know, this isn't what you should be doing, maybe something else, but, and that's what drives me forward every day is just knowing that was said and changing, changing that not only for everybody else, for, ourselves in our own communities and by seeing young people in the drone business and having our young people and older people like also see that like see that we're collecting our own data for our own use and that's the most empowering.
2: Just like John said we are all utilizing different applications and with UAV and excuse me with the UAV business We are focused, our main focus at Moose Cree was cargo delivery to help us out. We're an isolated island in northern Ontario, and we deliver groceries by helicopter at the moment during our spring breakup and the fall freeze-up. We wanted to add another service to our community, and also the helicopters cannot fly at night in our area. So we wanted to have something in the evening hours that we could offer as well as service for our community. And we recently just trained five local pilots, all Aboriginal, four male, one female. To see the morale of them go high it was a good thing for for us up in Moose Cree and uh, just to help some young people. And there were some older people as well in the course, just a shot at something, a new career moving forward in life and we've seen them all going and they all received a drone their a personal drone at the end of the course. And it was done through Vladis with the indigenous aerospace. The training program we provided and it was a 10 day program. And it was geared for Aboriginal. It went very well and we're hoping to do a bit more training and advance our services and get the services going and implement them and have our First Nations run run the show. Thanks.
1: Yeah. I mean I echo your guys' sentiments and I guess that we're touching to it. the capacity building is really inspiration and community pride. Seeing the flying robots doing their work, whatever the application is, motivates young people towards science, technology, engineering and math, studies and careers. And that's something that historically we've been kept out of and not provided equity within that educational development pathway. So the drones provide us with a new tool that encourages community development, particularly with human capital, which is really important for us, and particularly with young people as we have the youngest and fastest growing population under 24 in Canada. So it's extremely valuable to us to provide young people with something they have been traditionally not provided access to that has so many use cases that are fundamental to community self-determination.
0: Absolutely. And hopefully this is a respectful question. Because of the way that land's been parceled out to Indigenous populations, there's always this scenario where the money and the funding isn't there. And so people are forced to move out of their native lands where they've called home to find other jobs or other opportunities. How can drones help rebuild community?
1: Yeah, you're right that we were disenfranchised and moved from the prime lands historically within Canada to more remote locations within the country. But now as drone technology is developing, we're seeing the use cases in the early stages as ideal settings to rural low population density areas which is primarily where we are now the inhabitants and the title holders of that land base. So it's something where the technology can be proven out within our places of living and that we can bring it to more densely populated areas of the country.
0: You become the
2: experts.
1: That's right. We can be the experts and the leaders within the technology space.
2: Yeah. Also, with that, land protection, the land we do have left, utilizing... The new technology of drone lands and resources departments, a lot of First Nations have them. They're protecting their lands now and control of our land, who's coming on, who's doing work, who's exploring, all of that. So it's definitely helping us progress and keep our lands safe.
3: Yeah, I agree with both. And I always go back to capacity. I don't want to say it's a new. It's an emerging technology for us. And we have to get good at it. And we have to build capacity from within. We have to rely on experts now, so we can teach. They can teach us, and then we can teach ourselves. Because when you train somebody mainstream, you know it affects them and maybe their families. But you know, you train a, an indigenous person this new trade, like it has such a such socioeconomic benefits for them, their families, the future generations like it has an impact on the entire nation.
4: I would also add it encourages our traditional learning. So learning from our ancestors verbally, passing that knowledge down to our family. I think that bringing this into the communities so that it's reintroduced, that knowledge can be passed down and kept within that community because rural communities, they still need medicines, they still need emergency supplies. And there's Likely a lot of elders that will live in those rural communities that that we need to prioritize.
5: Exactly. This is one way to bridge different generations and different communities to start utilizing this technology in such a positive way that it can create impact for the next seven generations.
0: And I want to thank you all for joining me today. I do have one final question. If there's one thing that you'd like people to understand about what you're trying to accomplish, what would that be?
5: Really, Indigenous people have been here. We've always been here. We continue to be here. And our Indigenous population, especially our youth, are one of the biggest population, growing populations that are going to be dominating the industry and the workforce in the next 10 years. So we're coming up.
4: I would also say working with drones, it's very green. We're working towards net zero. And for me, that's thinking about our seventh generation. That's thinking in the future. That's thinking far in the future which is where I come from.
3: Well, we want people to know that this is something that we're going to do and something we're going to be very good at, that they don't need to... We need expertise that we can trust for them to understand our story before we move ahead. And then once we know that, then, of course, we'll build capacity from within.
2: Yeah, I agree with Joanne on that. We do need assistance. We're... We need a big brother to help us all get our training, implement our programs, right from the, the actual aircrafts and the whole programming. Each and every one of us has been working on for our own organizations and but yeah, just empowering our people.
1: I want everyone to know that drone services, drone technology is not something that is for Indigenous communities, but something that we as Indigenous communities want to do with. Other drone companies. And more importantly than that, something that we want to do by ourselves for ourselves. So we're here as significant technology partners to meaningfully participate as true partners within the sector's development.
0: Well said, everyone. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with all of you today. I'm humbled by the work that you're doing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: That's this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and will join us again for our next story from 400 feet. Until then, fly safe.